0: This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Darve.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Shivani Darve and Alex Milsom, who I'm very happy to say is back in the building.
2: I am indeed back, back, back back again and feeling so much better ready for a brand new episode what is on the agenda today Shiv?
1: Well for the past few weeks we've been talking about lots of different groups within the LGBTQ plus umbrella the bisexual community for example more recently the trans community but with so many diverse groups in our family what's the best way to describe us as a whole?
2: Exactly, we're going to be getting a little bit linguistic this week, talking all about language, the word queer, and whether words that have previously been used as insults can be reclaimed. But first, how was your week?
1: I'm so glad you asked.
2: Oh, it's tradition, isn't it?
1: I was obsessed because Bendelar Beckham has always been my favourite film yeah. and is the best film ever, um, besides the fact that it's not queer. But it was their 20th anniversary this week. Week, so loads of stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Everyone was basically saying how much they love one of my favorite films ever, and I yeah. enjoyed that a lot.
2: That's nice, especially yeah. when it feels like it's such a, a big part of, of you, and you know, you engage in lots of sport as uh...
1: football, brown people ticking all the boxes for me. It's great, <laughs> it's, a, it's a representation of Shivani Darvey exactly. on a national
2: platform when you were like six years old. No,
1: I was I I wasn't born when that film was made. I, uh, I'm just really into vintage movies. Oh,
2: classic! Yeah, get around with that one. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to brag and say I was only four when it came out. Um, it, Cut that do you know bit. what? Cut that bit. <laughs> um, I found it very weird listening to the podcast last week because, of course, I I wasn't very well, so I didn't do the podcast. But it was very weird listening to what sounded like a, an obituary towards me. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've died.
1: <laughs> there is always that thing of like what it would be like to go to your own funeral.
2: Yeah, it, it was sort of that on a really small, like, you know, small scale, listening to a podcast that normally has like this is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Shivani Jave and Alex Mossman. I like, oh, okay, I, okay. None of that at the beginning. <laughs> no, nope. Nothing for producer Felix. Doesn't matter that much. Take the hint. But it was very, very nice to, to hear Steph Hurst on the show last week. Um, and I'm gutted that I didn't get to chat to Steph, but it sounded like you both looked after it very well.
1: Well, I'm glad it's got your seal of approval.
2: It's the Milsom stamp of approval. But I, I did think of a disappointing lack of air quotes from producer Felix. So I think we should work on that one. Um, for weeks. Should we just so
1: get him so, sacked?
2: Yeah, I think that would probably be the most um, reasonable response to everything that happened in yeah, the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
2: Um, so let's get started, shall we? And what better place to start than with an actual academic?
1: Have a listen to Sophie Holmes Elliott. She's a variationist sociolinguist and a lecturer at Queen Mary University of London. And she spoke to Matt kane about whether she thinks that words like queer can be reclaimed successfully.
0: But as language changes over time, and its use changes over time, do you think reclaiming words like this for positive use in the community is successful, or is it even fully possible?
3: I would say yes and no, (laughs) a typical academic answer there. (laughs) Um, I think um, when we see this term queer used by the community, you know, for the community, it's unambiguously positive, usually. Um it's the context is clear. We know how people are using it and why they're using it. On the other hand, when it's used for, by members who are outside the community, it's difficult to tell, you know, um, can this be positive or is this actually still being used as a slur? And I think that really tells us something about language. It's, it's all about positionality, isn't it? It's who you are and how you relate to this term. So. I think we've seen a lot of positive um, strides forward with the term queer. The fact that, you know, we've seen it kind of reclaimed in academia and now it's getting into sort of wider parlance. Um, And eventually maybe it will become more of a neutral term. I think we've got a way to go yet, um, but I feel quite optimistic about it. I mean, it's it's the term I would prefer to use.
2: Do you know, I, I find it interesting that that context that Sophie describes there, the context is so significant in exactly how a word is supposed to be meant like i could use queer quite comfortably and feel like it's a term that is not meant in a pejorative way and you know you know exactly what i mean just from my body language you know from the context in which i'm saying it but there's definitely been times when people have flown things on instagram dms from burner accounts and abusive messages and i don't think they're using queer in a very endearing way
1: Yeah, something gives you a vibe.
2: (laughs) Me, an empath. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) I think maybe they might be being homophobic.
1: (laughs) I think, um, you know, you can tell. Yeah. It it, it is one of those things, even if it's somebody... whatever word they're using specifically to describe you, it could be gay, it could be queer, it's the tone of voice, it's the way it's said. Yeah. It's the burner account and the other words alongside the message.
2: Yeah. It's,
1: I think anything can be made into a slur.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Being like, oh, you're looking very door-released today. Yeah. (laughs) I've just read that from the sign in the studio. But you could effectively, you know, the contacts be like, or released again, are we?
1: Mm. Oh. oh, you're a podcaster. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that you can tell when people are being nice, and you can tell when people are not being nice, and it's maybe slightly more tricky to vocalise how and why you felt things. You get those classic arguments of between couples of. It's not what you said; it's how you said it. But, <laughs> but you can—you can tell. That's part of linguistics, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so part of linguistics. There's an entire study dedicated to it, as Sophie was able to point out to us. Um, but what I find, going back to the word queer, obviously that was kind of the big topic of that clip, and I know close friends who don't like the term queer, not because they don't like how it stands today. But because of that deep-rooted, like long-standing feeling of what the word means to them and mm. the way that people used to say queer and the way it was like, oh, queer. They don't want to use that term anymore. Oh, they don't want to use that term at all. I think that's really interesting that even though it may be meant as a as a kind of compliment, that previous history of it being used as a pejorative is quite difficult to shake off.
1: But I think what's really important there is what Sophie ended with about how she prefers to use that word. Yes. And I think there is space in this community in particular to use words that allow you to feel empowered without taking away from somebody else's expression. For example, I like to use the word queer to define myself, but if I had somebody tell me or a friend who I know doesn't like to use the word queer to describe themselves, I would say that I'm queer, but I would use the words that they want to describe them. You yeah. know? It's one of those things that I think our community allows for us to be more complex than Mm. one word defining all of us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's really good that Sophie has found a term that feels comfortable, you know, a term that feels right. I think that's kind of something that I think we're all looking for at the end of the day, aren't we? For sure. So, as Sophie said, it all depends on the context of how words are used and, of course, who is using them.
1: And as a queer person, it's great to hear that Sophie likes the term queer too.
2: Someone else who feels the same way is someone who you heard from last week. Let's have a listen again to Jake Graff.
4: I think very quickly, just to go back to the gay word, there's also been the evolution now that kids are all calling, oh, you're so gay, or oh, that's so gay, or oh, those shoes are so gay, which there was a big campaign by Stonewall, you know, do not use the word gays. So I can't remember what the catchy slogan yes. of that campaign was, but it wasn't as badly as I've just said it. But, you know, now you do hear it walking down the street, oh, God, it's so gay, or oh, those chips are so gay, the chips are so... I mean, the I know, stupidity I know, I know, I know. of the use of that word now... Um but um as to the word queer, I you know, I remember a couple of years ago when I first used it or first started using it, my mother saying to me, Oh my god, don't say that, darling, that's an awful word and I had to explain to her actually it's not and it's a very sort of all-encompassing inclusive word which to me it feels like but I know that to a lot of older gay men that I speak to I wouldn't use that word around them because I know that for them it is very traumatic and very triggering because it has throwbacks to the ways that they were called possibly you know as youths or you know into into middle age and so on but then those are quite frequently the same men who are saying oh god LGBTQIA what a load of nonsense you know that's WXYZ. They're the
1: people who need to come up with a solution.
4: Well that's it and so for For me, I've got to say, I like the word queer. It feels encompassing. It feels inclusive. It feels a little bit political. And for me, that is certainly the word that I would use to call myself as someone who's lived as a lesbian, lived as a trans man, lived as a gay man, lived as a pan man. Queer. God, it's great.
2: It's interesting that Jake says there about the use of the term gay and gay chips. I know that Jake was kind of trying to, to mock the fact that people often describe things as gay, quite trivially, but I cannot think at the very least in the last five years, but probably longer, I would probably say all the way back to secondary school, that that term hasn't felt like it's been used at all in a pejorative sense.
1: Yeah, as someone who is still in secondary school, um, <laughs> actually, no, I was so academically advanced, I've, I've already graduated. But, I I agree, I agree. Jokes aside, I don't think I've heard the words that's so gay in such a long time. Unless someone is saying, "Oh, do you remember how on the playground people used to say that's so gay?" Yeah,
2: people always say it in the context of reminiscing or if they're reminiscing about the Katy Perry song "You're So Gay, and You Don't Even Like Boys." Um
1: I don't recall that song.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. How's it go? <laughs> we're not having a sing-along I cannot afford the royalties cost of living crisis huh? <laughs> um, but- it's
1: not royalties if you cover
2: <laughs> spoken like a true radio professional I do think though that that's true people have only been using the term when they say about gay you know people saying that in the same way Jake was using it in a way to say about the times that they've previously heard that being used so I, I think I, I understand what So basically what Jake saying.
1: Jake's wrong. Jake, yeah, Jake, you're, you're wrong. <laughs>
2: wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. I am done. No, of well, course no, not. I mean, you know. We, we know well, what Jake is saying.
1: I can also believe that it does still happen because I'm oh, sure yeah, not course. all areas of the UK and the world have have got the Stonewall messaging yet of don't use gay in a derogatory way.
2: Yeah, of course. And also there are still people who are eight. Um you know what like you, you were four years ago there were people who are eight right am eight. now I <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about but there are people who are young and that will be the sort of lexis and you know the sort of vocab that's exchanged on, on a high frequency basis
1: yeah yeah no, for sure um, I like that you're using high frequency there to get to get me interested so you're talking <laughs> about science but you're not um, I do think that there is this element of a generational gap you know Jake was talking about when he'd started to use the word queer and his mum was kind of not fully on board with that yeah and this is something that i found that older members of the lgbtq plus community tend not to like the word queer not all of Defin- them
2: I, I can say the vast majority of older gay people who i know don't like that term and they would identify as as gay or lesbian or trans
1: yeah um and i think there is an element of generation divide but also in the way that lesbian and gay were words that were thrown around on the playground in a derogatory way queer was thrown around in a derogatory way and I know that when I you know was was flirting with the idea of what my sexuality might be I knew I was not going to use the word lesbian because of the way I'd been called a lesbian in the past and yeah. I had a real um, issue with that word I mean also I'm bisexual so it wouldn't have been entirely accurate
2: but yeah of course.
1: You know, when you're trying to work out what label fits, I I just knew that that word was not going to work for me yeah. because it, it seemed to be some something of an emotional trigger point.
2: Yeah, of course. Why would you want to use a label that feels like it's going to bring back years of, you know, repressed moments in your life where you've been forced to not just question your identity because we're all, as we go along in life, trying to work out who we are, where we stand in the world. But also on top of that, Having to deal with the repressed bullying, so it's like a double. It's like a horrible sandwich. You're not gonna. It's gonna taste really bad, and um, and the
1: bread is stale. And the
2: bread is stale.
1: I think yeah. I think always the best policy is to just ask people what they want to be called and how they want to be referred to. Yeah. Um, but I feature in this clip, Alex. You didn't. You didn't catch my starring moment.
2: This was the clip. I cannot believe that. So that is terrible on my part. Yeah. Um, what was your What was your starring line? Was it like a walk on in EastEnders?
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically, I was an extra. <laughs> <laughs> I I was, uh, you know, as Jake was talking about how there are some people who are older who don't like the word queer, but also are similarly people who kind of uh, turn their nose up at the fact that you know. The LGBTQIA plus acronym is sort of ever growing, and these people might be the kinds of people who would mickey that. Yeah. I basically said, well, they need to come up with a solution. If they don't, if if they are part of this community and they don't like the word queer and they don't like the fact that we've got a really long acronym in an effort to be inclusive, what is the solution going to be?
2: Yeah. Well, the solution is that encompassing, encompassing term. But the only thing you don't want to do is exclude people who don't identify with that term by using a term that's supposed to be all-encompassing because then you've kind of shot yourself in the foot quite... Not just with, like, a nine-millimeter pistol, but actually with, like, a... Bazooka. You know, a bazooka.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think... Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right there. And I think there is an element of... Of using the specific words that describe you. Like, bisexual is a community that I'm really um, adamant to, to make sure I... I'm not seen as gay or lesbian. I am bisexual, even though it might look like I'm in a lesbian relationship or a straight relationship or whatever, I'm proud of that term and I wanna use it. And I see the strength in using the terms that are directly for you and your group. Yeah. But in the last week, with the government sort of flip-flopping around with conversion therapy, with seeing protests outside Downing Street and in other parts of the country, with this whole community coming together for solidarity with the trans community who are being left out of this sort of new ban. It does strike me as it being really important to also have a term that encompasses all of us because, Mm. yes, there are issues that will affect the trans community and will affect the gay male community, will affect the bisexual community in different ways. But we are so much stronger together. We get things done when we work together, all of us. We are
2: efficient. We are a very efficient community.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's ridiculous to sort of like fall out over the use of language. So if, if we don't like this word and we don't like using a really long acronym, that might leave people out as well, because the acronym doesn't include every single group, then I think we need to invent a new word, Alex.
2: That sounds like a really fun task for another episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can email pridecast at virginradio.co.uk if you've got any ideas for the words that we should be using.
2: No, just the one word.
1: Oh, sorry, yeah, just one word. Yeah. Anyway, back to this episode. I think it's really interesting to hear the shift that Jake is describing from queer being a pejorative word to one which we can use with pride.
2: But it's important to remember that some people in the community still dislike the word...
1: And someone who did dislike the term queer, but is now coming round to it, is our very own Matt Cain. He was chatting about this to author Juno Dawson on his Sunday roast.
2: See, I'm going to throw a big spanner into the works now, which is the further and the older I get, the more I chime with the word queer, which I know we've talked about this personally. I know it's not your favourite word in the world, but the nice thing that I like about queer
3: is that it can describe me at any stage in my life. So as a weird queer kid who just wanted to be a girl, as a teenager who thought they were gay,
2: as an adult in my twenties, when I was all over town doing outrageous things. And then in my thirties as a trans woman as well. And so that's why I really like that word. Cause it kind of,
5: it describes my otherness at any stage. Well, can I, However, just, can I just quickly
0: interject? I did used yeah. to hate that word. I'm coming round to it now. I think, I'm glad, I'm really yeah. glad. I think I had to get over the you know, when it was directed at me as an insult, but you know, of part of the energy and the dynamism of the young queer movement has helped win me over.
1: I think it's so nice that Matt can sort of change his mind and and use different words as, as maybe his identity is changing, or he's just, you know, meeting more people or new people who use different words and he can see sort of a, a different meaning or a new meaning behind them. I think that's just like a testament to the ever growing, ever changing community.
2: Yeah, it is really nice that it also felt more invitational, you know, and that's kind of what we should be striving for as a community. The sense of otherness that we do not want, you know, you don't want to feel like an outsider just because you happen to not like a term. So it's really good that that term has started to become a bit more endearing for some people and some people are turning around but of course it's totally up to you if you don't feel that that word works for you that is totally fine you do you hon.
1: that's yeah you do you hon. i think what juno was saying there kind of resonated with what jake was saying about how throughout both of their lives their gender and their sexuality was changing and They've at different points defined themselves as different things or different types of people and this word seems to sort of encompass all of that without forgetting about that past like I had a history of of identifying as a bisexual woman and I don't want to forget about that identity that I had and and sort of erase that by saying no that was that was not true all along and that's something that you know it's it was a part of my life that I want to carry with me. Mm. Um, but it no longer fits now. And I think that's where the word queer can be really helpful for so many people.
2: It's just sort of like the umbrella term that goes over. You've got the constituent parts, but that's a bit like what the word gay used to be. We've discussed this on a previous episode of the Pridecast, where the term gay actually was a really wide-reaching term. It covered everything. You know, people who were trans would identify with the word gay. People who were um Bisexual would identify with the word gay. And then, of course, as our language changed and, you know, words have changed, the meaning of them has absolutely changed. Words that previously were insulting, you know, the F slur, now kind of come into let's go F Like I've heard that in the in the club far too many times. I've also heard a lot of things in the club that I shouldn't repeat. Is but, it you who's saying that in the club? <laughs> and for avoidance of doubt and for the purpose of the record. No, it's not. But that idea of it being a catch-all phrase... I've really got to stop gesturing with my hand to the scribe's this is umbrella, a podcast. but... It's
1: a podcast. Yeah, exactly.
2: But this is it. It's it's a catch-all phrase that has taken the place of what gay used to be as a catch-all phrase.
1: There's a whole other episode in the fact that gay being the male being assumed to be the default as opposed to lesbian being the catch-all phrase with the yeah. female as the default, but that's a whole other thing. That's We'll do another episode on misogyny at some point, but it... I I get what you mean. I see it, but it does bring back the question of just because it it it's sort of working right now, is that the one that we have to stick with? Is this the word that we have to stick with? Can't I I am coming back to the idea of wanting to create a new word.
2: Yeah, our inbox is open. Drop us a DM, huns. But <laughs> it is true. It's 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 difficult to find a term that fits all, and inevitably, in, in a community as diverse as ours, with so many conflicting views and so many different, you know different views in the world, it's quite difficult to find a term that works well for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: So we've heard from a few people who like using the term queer and have also heard from some people about why they might not be using it.
1: But just how important are words and labels to our own sense of identity?
2: We'll find out in a minute right after your Virgin Radio Pride Weekly update with Daryl Jackson.
0: Thank you. Hello. First this week... It's understood that rainbow flags will be allowed in stadiums at the 2022 World Cup after Qatar said it would comply with FIFA rules promoting tolerance and inclusion. Concerns continue, though, about the treatment facing gay fans in Qatar due to the Conservative Religious Code prohibiting same-sex relations, which conflict with FIFA's stance against homophobia. FIFA said it was determined to push Qatar on staging a tournament that is inclusive. Rishi Madlani, the co-chair of Pride in Football, the UK network of LGBTQ plus fans group, told us that it's the wrong place to have the World Cup.
2: LGBT people face the death penalty in Qatar. It's not just a matter of being able to have my sexuality and, and be myself, it's a risk of death. I mean, this is, we've got to take frame that in that in the starting point. The second bit is FIFA and football tournaments are meant to be safe spaces.
0: The new Fantastic Beasts film has been edited so references to a gay relationship won't be shown in China. The studio Warner Brothers says six seconds of The Secrets of Dumbledore have been removed following a request from the country. It says it aims to put out movies as released by their creators. They historically have made small edits in local markets. There's going to be a feature-length documentary about the life of David Bowie. Moon Age Daydream is the first film to be officially sanctioned by the singer's estate. It'll look at his work and influence and will feature never-before-seen footage as well as reconstructed live performances. That's all for this week. I'll have more next week.
2: Uh, I've missed you, Daryl. Cheers, Daryl.
1: So in case you haven't been paying attention to the episode so far, we've been talking all about the language we can use to describe our diverse community.
2: And as we've heard, this language is really important for our sense of identity. Let's go back to linguist Sophie Holmes-Elliot to tell us more.
0: Could you give us a little summary of the impact that the language we use has on our identities? If you think there is an impact...
3: Oh, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, something that really comes through, especially when you're in an oppressed group, is that you've really had to fight hard to feel a certain amount of pride um, in your identity. So things like uh, terms and labels become really, really valuable. Um, So when we think about people, um, you know, maybe accusing the LGBT community of gatekeeping, actually, I think what they're doing there is a bit of cultural preservation. So, um, you know, these things are a hard one, so we really want to hang on to them. I think is is what happens with um, language and identity. It's a way of actually positioning yourself in the world and um, relating to other people.
2: So, going to what Sophie says about the, the kind of the idea that I get of of feeling like an outsider and how the terms really help with your integration, feeling like you're part of the community. I can definitely, from a personal experience, remember a time that I didn't want to identify with the term gay, let alone queer. And then my own sort of acceptance, you know, brushing off that internalised homophobia that we all have when we start off as our budding little queer flowers blooming into the blossoms that we are. Um, God, that really sounded like I've taken something. I'm on some really strong painkillers. But (laughs) it's really interesting how that journey for just the term that I identify with changed over time. You know, it came from, I don't even want to identify with the word gay to continuing the little timeline of life with my hands onto oh okay actually I do identify with the word gay but I don't like the gay culture oh no don't like that and then gradually, as we got along, actually Basically, kind of going, Basically, long yeah. story
1: short, now you're dancing with your top off in heaven, covered from head to toe in rainbow paint, calling yourself the f
2: <laughs> No, I was actually going to say queer, but mm, close <laughs> enough. <laughs> but
1: I it, wasn't too far off.
2: No, you wasn't. And yes, normally covered in rainbow paint and other things. Glitter. Uh, the, the drinks. Yeah. <laughs> the drinks that people have spilt down <laughs> me. It's interesting, though, that that, that that idea of that term that matters to us changing as we go along. If yeah, the shoe
1: for fits. sure, it, for sure, and and this is that thing that that Jake was talking about, Juno was talking about. It's it's feeling part of different communities or feeling part of a community, and and either being on a gender exploration journey or a sexuality exploration journey, where at certain points in your life you might wear different hats, and wanting to put all of those hats in one basket, and this is the basket that we call queer.
2: Yeah, wear those hats with pride
1: exactly i think um it's like a badge almost like i'm quite literally wearing badges that express my identity right now yeah and i think it's it's really important to me to wear those physical badges but also sort of the metaphorical badges of of having words to describe who i am and what i am and and where i fit in this community and wider society Hmm. um but something that Sophie did touch on uh, was the word gatekeeping, which I am starting to think is sort of the next area of this conversation. Because who can call themselves queer?
2: Uh, that sounds like a, an entire episode of the podcast. That's what I basically <laughs> do. If it's going to be a really big topic, I just go, "Do you know what? We should do that on another episode of the podcast." Uh, but it's true. It's a it's a huge, difficult topic. That you know, what actually should we? <laughs> I like the idea of you having to get like this m- like membership it's like right okay it's like
1: um I'm a like- card carrying queer
2: <laughs> I actually am although they changed it from a Goy card to a Goy like on your Apple wallet you have uh, your, uh, you your G.I. The membership card. there no I know I miss it um but <laughs> in terms of like how you know Parmesan you can yes. only call it parmesan if it comes from a certain region. It's sort of like, what's the... You say
1: parmesan, for that example. I say champagne. We're two very <laughs> different people, Alex.
2: And I shouldn't even be having dairy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how... Who would decide what term you can use? And who decides what's the in-term? You know, having a big queer referendum to decide what <laughs> term we use.
1: I mean, that would be so messy,
3: first uh, yeah. of all. yeah.
1: I would love to watch from the sidelines, second of all, and I think it's it's one of those things that we can't it's it's not up to any one person to decide and it's it's only for an individual to decide for themselves, but I do feel like we're sort of teetering on an edge here mm. with the word. Queer with with it being such an inclusive community because you have this conversation often that you know our allies part of our community and I would argue that that yes they are they're out there fighting for our rights they're they're arguing with their uh, homophobic uncles at the dinner table <laughs> you know they they are advocating for this community and so I would I would always say the LGBTQ plus community and our allies or the queer community and allies or you know that sort of thing because I I do sort of feel like they are part of us but also I do refer to them as a separate thing because I don't refer to them as part of being in the queer community or being queer themselves.
2: Yeah, I, I get you. It's it's like you want to obviously reflect the importance that they have in in all of our progress and, you know, our identities and how we've got so far but equally you don't want to kind of I don't really know, but there's pejorative terms that are used to describe, you know, people who go around with loads of gay friends and, you know, though you don't want to ever blend, like potentially put allies in this pedestal that would isolate them from being the great people that they are for our community.
1: Yeah, it's a rough one. Allies... Our inbox is open. Pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. Let us know how you want to be referred to. <laughs> I think that's just about all we've got time for this week.
2: But before we go, there's just time to hear from one more guest. Have a listen to chef, writer and activist. What what a title. Jack Monroe, who spoke to Steve Denya about what advice they'd give to someone who's struggling to define themselves.
5: Well, I wish that somebody has said to me 20 years ago that you don't have to make a a fixed choice. You don't have to be you don't have to tick other people's boxes or expectations about yourself. You can this can be a journey for you. You can move through and try on different different identities and see what fits you. And nobody has a right to make you feel bad about that. Nobody has a right to make you feel anything other than exactly who you are like if you can if you can express yourself and get to know yourself and be completely happy and comfortable with yourself and you choose to sort of promote that outwardly and how you present yourself as well then that's that's got to be better than carrying it around in the dark inside your head I mean I know that I really struggled with my physical presentation when I first came into the public eye. Mm. I got lots of well-meant but terrible advice from people about not looking too gay, or not mentioning this, or not looking too... And I I ended up just wearing this uniform of denim shirts, black jeans, very sort of androgynous, boring nonsense, because I I just didn't want to reveal anything about myself. And I wish that I'd ignored all that and just worn what I liked, done what I liked, snogged who I liked and just put two fingers up to the lot of it. Because to be able to be freely exactly who you are is one of the most powerful gifts you can give yourself. And no one's got the right to take that away from you.
1: I think that sums up everything perfectly because you see what fits, you try.
5: Yeah. And
1: if it, if, it, if it fits, if you like it, you buy. You know, let let things change, let that explore and just use what works for you.
2: It's like you're on ASOS, but you don't even need to return it. You can just kind of go, ah, that didn't fit. I basically got a belt in the corner of my room that I really was ambitious when I ordered an XXS to try and fit around my waist, <laughs> okay? But I'm probably going to keep it for the hilarity of thinking that that would even work. But that that's part of my history. Yeah. It's part of my, not my identity, um... <laughs> Being a skinny legend is. But, you know, that's past. And I now know that I need to buy belts that are 30 inches or more.
1: Yeah, I do not follow the belt analogy, but I'm sure there's something in there for our (laughs) belt-wearing
2: listeners. (laughs) Yeah, but it's 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 if the shoe fits in a positive way, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. If if it doesn't pinch and the laces do up nicely, then wear them. There you go. But if they're not for you, just try on a different pair. Yeah. I think that works better than the belt thing, to be honest.
2: Probably. This is what happens when you allow me to talk.
1: Yeah, we've not got time to debate this belt or shoe thing because that's all we've got time for this week. We hope you enjoyed our language lesson. We
2: will be back, as always, next week. But if you'd like to get in touch before then, you can email us on pridecast at virginradio.co.uk. We've said it three times, haven't we?
1: Or you can tweet us at virginradio.uk, remembering to use hashtag virginradiopridecast.
2: See you next week. Bye. Bye.